You know, yesterday morning, me and my boys were coming home from the second annual Pathways car show. If you didn't know what was going on yesterday, we had 42 different cars and a ton of people from our community who came out. And we had a great time. There's all these awesome cars. There was actually the DeLorean from Back to the Future showed up. Uh, it was awesome. Like, uh, if you're under 20, you have no clue what that means, and that's all right. That's all right. Uh, but that car showed up, a whole bunch of awesome cars. But I was driving home with my kids, and I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and I, I leaned over and I'm like, hey boys, what was your favorite car? What was the car that you loved the most? And uh, Liam was like, oh, the flying car. He, he meant the, the, the DeLorean because he thought it was flying, so that's super cool. Uh, and then Levi, who's my two-year-old, he said, fast car, race car, right? And he was talking about uh, Jeff Smith's Corvette. And I, I turned back to him, I said, hey boys, is dad's minivan fast? Is dad's minivan cool? And there was silence for a good four or five seconds. And I'm looking in the rear view, and I can tell that their minds are spinning as they're trying to figure out how they're going to let their dad down easy. Like, they're, they're trying to figure out. And finally, Levi, my second born, goes, no. <laughs> but here's the, here's the deal, right? I, my, my minivan can do something that all 42 of those cars that we had can't do. You ready for this? All 42 of those incredible, super fast cars, they'd, they, they'd beat me in a race, they'd beat me in most things, but when it comes to a road trip, that's where my minivan shines, that's right. I can fit a whole bunch of people in here, we can get a bunch of snacks, I can put on Margaritaville, it'd be awesome, right? Like, we'll load up and we'll just hit the road. Uh, and that fits what I love to do, because I love road trips. You know, I think one of the reasons that I love road trips is the, the objective of a road trip is quite simple. We want to arrive at our destination safely. That's all you're trying to do. That, that is the objective. But while the objective is simple, the distractions are many, right? It, it's quite simple that we're just going to get in the car and we're going to go. But there's a lot of distractions. If you have kids, they're constantly asking for things. They want a new movie. They want something different. They want water, right? Uh, on top of this, you're flying down the road and there's this dude that passes you going 90, doesn't use his turn signals, and he's got an Illinois license plate. Um, <laughs> Hey, if you're online from Illinois, we love you, but you can't drive. <laughs> I'm just going to say, we love you, uh, but yeah, you can't drive. See, on a road trip, the objective is quite simple. However, the distractions are many. And I think this is a beautiful picture of what it looks like to raise the next generation of Jesus followers. See, the objective is quite simple. If you were to ask pretty much any parent... That parent would, would, you know, what is the end goal of your parenting? They say, well, I want my kids to follow Jesus. Pretty simple. Someone would be like, I just want my, my kids to be alive at the end of this. However, that's our objective. And all, it, it doesn't take long in our world to realize that the distractions that our kids face are insane. Our kids are, are distracted. And the, the other reality that we have is that we have a world that's coming after our kids. There's a lot of distractions in the objective of raising our kids. And so the question becomes, if you're a parent like me or if you care about the next generation, becomes, how do, we, how do we do that? How do we get through this safely? How do we navigate all of the distractions that come with following Jesus? How, how do we do that? Well, much like a road trip, we, we do that by following the rules of the road. Now, there's a lot of places I could go to give you some of the rules of the road from a biblical perspective, but I want to take you to uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 12. See, in this passage, 
much like a road trip, they're outlining a journey that's being taken. It's a race that's being ran. And this applies to raising the next generation of Jesus followers, but it also applies to pretty much anything in your life, including following Jesus. It says this in, in Hebrews 12, one through three. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. See, the writer of Hebrews lays out some rules of the road for us to follow so that we don't grow weary, so we don't lose heart. And so what I wanna do today is I wanna give you really quickly three rules of the road for arriving at the destination well. Three rules as parents, as people who care about the next generation that we need to follow if we want our kids to follow Jesus. The first one is this right here. We, we don't travel alone. Don't travel alone. I come from a big family. I've got three brothers and a sister. And so flying anywhere growing up was out of the question. Um, I didn't understand that as a kid. And then I became an adult and looked at having to pay for my kids' flight tickets, even though they're tiny, and went, yeah, I understand it now, right? And so as a kid, we would all load up into the minivan, and we would get together with our, our extended families, and I have a lot of fun memories caravanning to all sorts of places. We're like, yeah, the southern side of Florida, yeah, we can get there, we'll be all right. 22 hours, nah, we got this, right? A typical Midwestern thing, like, oh yeah, we got this, right? But one of the things that was really fun about that is we would all go together. And so we'd form this caravan and all of us would go down and it made the, the, the traveling so much easier because we had each other to help each other out. When, when something went wrong, we could just step in and help. Now, at the beginning of Hebrews 12, the first thing that Paul lays out is this right here. He says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, you see, the assumption that's being made here is that we are already doing life together. That if we're on this journey of following Jesus, that we're doing life together, that there's people surrounding us. See, if we want to endure any level of hardship, we can't do it alone. We need to have each other's backs and we need to be able to do life together, right? It's this idea of caravanning. So how do we caravan in life, right? How do we uh, come together and do community? Well, there's two things that I would tell you to do. The first is this, find people in the same lane as you. Find people in the same lane as you. Uh, this is a, a really important piece of following Jesus. Find people who are going the same speed, in the same space, going the same direction with the same, this is really important, the same end goal. Find people to do life with. Find, find parents that want the same for their kids as you do and begin to do life with those people. This is why we have small groups. It's an opportunity for you to connect with people that are doing life the same way that you're doing life. You see, if we want to arrive at our destination safely, we need to do it together. Find people in the same lane as you. And the second is this, give what you can. Give what you can. Now, uh, this is the less popular of these two options because the, the reality is that it's really easy to go, ah, oh, man, I wanna be in a small group, but when it comes to giving while you're exhausted, while you're tired, while you're parenting, it becomes so much harder. See, this is probably the single most beautiful thing about community. It's something that we as a congregation have felt in the last two weeks. 
the amount of support and love that you guys have given to our staff, to our people, is nothing short of incredible. You guys have stepped up big time. Yeah, give yourselves a hand. You guys have stepped up. You have stepped into the mess and you've given what you can. I can't eat any more food that gets dropped off at the church office because I'm gonna start gaining weight. <laughs> so thank you. This is the beautiful thing about doing life together is we're a family, we're a community, and we get to come together and make an impact. Personally, I've seen this in my own life. Over the past two weeks, I've had people, congregants dropping off meals at my house. I've had congregants saying, hey, when's the last time you went on a date? Why don't you take your wife out and watch your kids? Thank you. Thank you for being a part of community. See, this only happens when we give what we can. When every person makes this determination that it's more than just them and they need to give something. So the question that I want to ask you in the, the, the thought of not traveling alone is what can you give? Who can you stop on the, the, side, of the, route, the side of the road for? Who can you help out? Now, this can look like a lot of different things. Uh, maybe you're somebody in our congregation that's got a lot of wisdom. Share your wisdom. Share your wisdom with people who, who don't have the same wisdom and the life experiences that you do. Uh, maybe for you, you have the ability to serve on a Sunday. Pathways Kids would love for you to come serve with them. Movement would be a great place for you to serve. Uh, maybe you can give more. Maybe you're somebody who says, I wanna be intentional in the life of kids. This is your opportunity to, to do so. This is an opportunity for us to give everything that we, we have. See, here's the reality I need you to see. Whether you like it or not, we're all on this road together. Regardless of your age, regardless of where you're at, we're all on this road together. And you're either helping us as we caravan along or you're just sitting on the side of the road waiting for somebody to, to tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, come on, let's go. We're all on this road together. If we want to, if we want to survive, if we want to arrive well, we need to give what we can. The second rule of the road looks like this. We need to keep our hands on the wheel. Keep your hands on the wheel. Now, I want you to think back to your driver's ed classes. Think back to those driver's ed. For some of you, it was a while ago, uh, but I want you to think back to the driver's ed classes and think to all the stuff they taught you, right? They taught you the different signs that if you see S-T-O-P, you should stop, yes. Unless you're dyslexic and then it's pots and that doesn't make any sense. Uh, but they, they teach you all of these different rules of the road. They teach you how to drive, right? Now, one of the things they teach you is where to put your hands on the wheel. You're supposed to put your hands at 10 and two. Now, show of hands online and in the room. How many of you guys drive with your hands at 10 and two? Don't be lying. God's, God's watching you. <laughs> It's funny because we were all taught the same thing. When I asked you, hey, where should you have your hands? You're like, 10 and two. You know exactly what to do. But the majority of us, myself included, our hands aren't at 10 and two. Here's what happens, right? It starts off and you're disciplined and you're like, all right, keep my hands at 10 and two. I'm driving, hands at 10 and two. And then it's like, you know what? I think I can just move my hands a little bit. As long as both my hands are on, it's fine. And then it turns into, as long as I have one hand on the wheel, I'm all right. Like, as long as I got one hand up here, we're fine. And then, next thing you know, you're flying down the road at 80 miles an hour, driving with your knees and drinking something. Come on, you know it, you know it, don't lie, right? I'm, I've, I've been there, right? It's this 
this truth that we, we have to live with that happens in a lot of areas of our lives where we start disciplined, but over time, we get lazy, right? We might've started off really disciplined and we become lazy, and this includes parenting. Ask anybody who's about to have their first kid and they will tell you, man, we are not gonna do screen time. No screen time. My kids are only gonna eat organic prepped meals. Uh, they're, they're just gonna be little angels and we're going to sing to them every day. Yeah, and then the third kid comes out and it's like, here's a bowl of graham crackers, just eat this. And we held them to two Disney movies today. Nice job, guys. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> and, and I'm not, I want you to know, I'm not making fun of you because I'm in the same place. I'm in the same boat as you guys are. So we start off disciplined and then over time we become lazy. This is a warning that the writer of Hebrews actually builds into this passage. In Hebrews 12, one, it says this, therefore, since we're surrounded by the great cloud of witnesses, right, we're doing life together, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with, with what? Perseverance. Perseverance, the race that's marked out for us. What is this perseverance? What are we persevering in? We're persevering in making the right choice time and time and time again, even when we don't want to, even when it's hard. So we put off being lazy and we choose to do the right thing, to keep our hands at 10 and two. Now see, this is really hard because we actually live in a world that is, I wanna call it the, the world of somebody else can do it. We live in a world that really values convenience and easy. We have this thing called Uber Eats where if you don't want to get in your car and get takeout, they will deliver it to you. We have found ways that we can make our life super convenient. And I think one of the biggest lies that our world is selling us right now is that the opposite of hard is easy. That if we can just avoid the hard things, we, we can just have easy in our lives. Now here's the reality that I, I want to show you. So the reality is it's not about being hard versus easy. It's about being disciplined versus lazy. It's about being choosing discipline versus choosing the lazy choice. See, what the writer of Hebrews is telling us here is that we need to maintain the right things. We need to maintain what we're doing. Now, I could tell you a ton of different stories of times that I forgot to maintain cars and they broke down. But the last time I did that, and told you guys that I ran out of gas, you guys made fun of me for six months. <laughs> so I'm not doing that, not doing that again. But here's, here's the truth that I've learned the hard way many times about cars, but a lot of things in life. The things, that the, the maintenance that you don't do will be the thing that strands you. The things you take your hands off the wheels for will be the things that strand you. See, there's this truth that we need to understand that the hard you avoid today becomes harder tomorrow. The addiction that you don't handle today destroys your life tomorrow. The, the parenting you don't do today will come back to bite you tomorrow. So here's the reality. Parenting, raising the next generation of Jesus followers, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. In fact, it's very hard. But we have to choose our hard. We have to choose what we're going to decide to do with our lives because I'm telling you right now, investing in the next generation, intentionally parenting, those are hard things. You know what's also hard? Standing here in five, 10, 15, 20 years and going, where would all the young people go? This is why we choose to invest now. If we want to arrive at the destination well, we need 
to keep our hands in the wheel. And the third truth we need to know is this right here. If we're gonna arrive at the destination safely, we need to know our destination. Here's what I've learned in my life. The destination that you have, your destination, is the reason you keep going. It's the reason when things get hard, you continue to go, right? If I'm, imagine, because I, I still road trip to this day, because uh, I'm cheap, uh, I'm driving to Florida in the middle of the night. I'm not driving in the middle of the night because it's fun. It's not. <laughs> I'm not driving in the middle of the night because I enjoy it. I'm not driving uh, in the middle of the night because I enjoy where I am. It's Indiana. It's not that great. <laughs> I'm driving because I want to go to Florida. <laughs> so here's the thing with our parenting. As we invest into the next generation, it's not easy. It's, the, it's hard. In fact, it brings a lot of grief. I've sat with a lot of parents as they've made really hard decisions that were for the best of their kids. And in the moments that are hard, if we're gonna get through the Indianas of parenting, of raising the next generation, we need to stay focused on our destination. What's our destination? What's well, what we see in Hebrews 12, one through three, where it says, therefore, since we're surrounded by all these people, surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. Let us not get lazy. Let us not uh, be undisciplined, but let us choose discipline, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so you will not grow weary and not get lost along the way. If we're going to make it to our destination, we gotta stay focused on what the destination is. We need to be a church that is empowered to reach the next generation of Jesus. We need to be a congregation that cares about the next generation. We need to be parents that are willing to choose the hard because if we don't, if we don't, there's a whole lot of hard waiting for us on the other side. So this is my charge to you. Pathways Church, Will you choose the hard? Will you choose to be willing to step into the hard because the destination is worth it? Because God chose us, God chose this congregation for the hard task of raising the next generation, of raising these kids, of raising the kids that were up here singing for Jesus. Here's my heart. I want to see these kids in five, 10, 15, 20 years up here, up here, back there. And that only happens when we choose the hard now. Now, I know that for some of you, either online or in the room, there's some of you here that if you were to look at your life as a road, you've been stranded for a while. You're broken down. <laughs> you're broken down on the side of the road and you're exhausted. Life has beat you up. Here's the cool thing about our God. He's, he's our focus, but he's also our rescuer. God does not sit at the end waiting for us to come to him. He comes to us. And so if you're on the side of the road today, you're stranded. Jesus wants to meet you here today. And all you have to do is say, yes, I want you, Jesus. So with all heads bowed, all eyes closed, all across this place, if you're somebody that says, I wanna make that decision today. I wanna make the decision to follow Jesus. Why don't you just raise your hand all across this place. 
Thank you, I see you up here. Thank you, I see you back there. If you're online, you can just type in, I'm giving my life. Wait another moment. This is the single biggest decision you will ever make. It's the decision to say, yes, Jesus, I want you. Now, we're gonna say a little, little prayer here that all this does is it changes our heart towards Jesus. And because we don't pray alone at Pathways, I want you to just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me in my brokenness, for coming after me when I was stranded. Right now, I give up my life and I turn to you. You have complete control, Father. Take my life and use it to glorify you. In your precious name we pray, amen, amen. Well, hey, can we celebrate the decisions that were made today? Can we celebrate what God is doing here at Pathways, the decisions that are being made 